Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. So now when we bring up any new idea, any new efficiency, even within my own family or within my brands, it's like, wait, but what problem are we solving? And are we asking the right person? Because while that might be efficient for my graphic designer to do it that way, it doesn't actually equal how it makes the experience better for the customer. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hi, this is Tyler. Today, we join forces with Rebecca Scott, a seasoned entrepreneur whose journey through the world of custom purse design is as insightful as it is inspiring. We're tackling the complexities of small business strategy and the pursuit of balance in a life filled with multiple roles. Prepare for a conversation filled with hard-earned wisdom and actionable advice. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How is it going today? Good. Thank you for having me. This will be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm excited to have you. You know, I'd love to start out with, could you tell us a little bit, something about yourself personally, and then I'll start to get into the yucky business stuff? Sure. Oh, I love I love the yucky business stuff. <laughs> me too. I always yeah. say like I have a very strict, strict would be an exaggeration, but priority list. So I'm a wife to Nicholas. I'm a mother of four. We farm and ranch in South Dakota, and I have three brands that I run. That's very quick synopsis. Wow. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> and I think you said a mother of four, right? Yeah. So mother of four and three brands. That's yep. juggling a lot of stuff. It is. <laughs> it is. And I don't want to let go of any of it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. That's a conversation in itself, it sounds like. Yep. And do you also feed the cows and the other animals too? Oh, it's this funny joke. Because we farm and ranch and I grew up farming and ranch, and I like rarely make the cut for chore time. I do. I could do chores if I must, but my husband is kind of like particulous. So I always feel like the kid's sister in the back entryway where I'm like, I got my overalls on. I'm ready. Can I please? And he's like, mm, you can feed the horses. I'm like, oh, so someday I'm going to make the cut, everybody, and I'll be able to do them. But so far, after 20 years of marriage, I still haven't made the cut. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of sad. I think I wouldn't make the cut either. So uh, I, I can kind of relate to that. And my son <laughs> even makes the cut before I do. I'm like, how's That's hilarious. That's funny. I love it. So, you know, where I'd love to start is... So you've got these multiple brands, you know, you've got probably very demanding from being a mother and multiple and having four children. What really sparked your entrepreneurial journey? Like what, what gave you like, Hey, I'm going to not just have one business, but multiple businesses. Where did that all come from? Well, you don't have to say like, do you have the entrepreneur? Like, is it something that's just born in somebody or is it developed? I think it still can be both. But for me, it was like, 
just, I was just born with it. So like I was selling things on the playground in fourth grade that I was sewing. My mom is a master seamstress. So I learned to sit next to her and she was so joyful when she sewed. She would hum and I mean, she literally dance in her little basement sewing room. And I just remember thinking, man, she's joyful. So I think that's what I was like. I just want to be near her during this. And then I happened to pick up a skill and it was valuable. And so I would sell stuff on the playground when everybody else was doing other things. And I thought that was kind of fun. And then it just kind of carried throughout high school. It was like, oh, you need purses for your bridesmaids. Let me try that. So I tried that or, or you need your hair done. So I always had this like entrepreneurial bone where I was like, I'm going to try it. And I like selling. I like serving. I like helping people. I like meeting needs. So I think that's where it began. That's so cool. So with that, let's dive into these brands a little bit. You mentioned purses. That's mm-hmm. so you make is it custom purses? Yeah. So I have a design, okay. it's called designyourownpurse.com. So you literally like pick from over 20 styles and you go, okay, I need a weekender bag. And then there's 60 different fabrics you can choose from. And the fabric on our website appears on the bag. So the customer really gets to design their own. They pick the leather, they pick the outside, they pick the style, they pick the features, the zippers. So they get this whole custom experience delivered to them. And there's not a lot of websites that do that. There are more now. And I joke that Nike was following my lead because I'm the one who had it first. (laughs) But now you can design your own there also. But it's a really dialed in system because like I said, when I was growing up, I really believe that when you create, you have joy. And we're talking like, if you're rolling your eyes and you're like, there's no way I could create anything. Think about when you create that spreadsheet or that analytical thing, or you create a new plant, or you create a new schedule or calendar, there is a little bit of joy that comes in. And I I think, and I swear that it's the creative process. So that's why I wanted people to experience that. Not just me creating, because I can create something and you can do that on the website. I've created things that you can just buy straight out, but I also offer the experience where you get to create. So how does that business model work? How do people find you? Like, are they searching on custom purses or is there some, how do you generate business so they can find your your website? I do a lot of lives. So I, I usher people uh, in through Facebook Live or Instagram Live. And then my original business model, and it's changed over the years with the number of kids I had, is I just went to art shows, like a craft show, the local craft show. I'd set up and show them, you know, what I had. And that's where it started where they were like, you know, I like this, but can I have it with yellow? They're like, oh, yeah, sure. I could do that. And so it actually was me taking feedback from the customers that they wanted to be a part of it. And so I used to do like 20 to 30 shows. Now I'm narrowed down to about five shows a year. Wow. What do you find toughest about making a profit in the the world of purses? Is it the cost of the materials? Is it being able to price it so that you get a right return? Both, really? It's very, especially in the handcrafted space. So, and I'm medium sized. So like I can't buy a hundred yards of an outside material. So I'm not getting to that price break, you know, in cost, but I can buy 20 yards. Plus I would get bored after 20 yards. I'm like, no, 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 no. I create for a living. So that would be bored. So that's where I run into, like, I don't quite qualify for the huge price breaks or to be decision makers in the fabric world. I'd love to be a decision maker there. So that's where I run into trouble. And then I employ 20 people. So they are involved. They're actually contractors because they're sewing pieces. So I don't tell them when to sew. I just tell them when they're due. And so that too, I want to pay them a a fair wage for sewing it because I don't want to go to a manufacturing facility. That process was brought up, you know, in my early years of like, okay, you could, I could definitely show somebody a facility how to sew these things. But I really like the idea of someone being able to sew in their own home like I was getting to do. So I've remained by still employing contractors individually. 
So I probably don't understand. So sorry for if this was too basic of a question. But you said like you you would get certain cost efficiencies at 100 yards. Right. And I think you said you like to do it 20. Yeah. Would there be any way where you could like, maybe instead of giving everybody a custom option, maybe you make, you know, 50 ones that are retail that people could just buy that would get you at that 100 threshold. Oh. And then you could just do some that are custom. Would that like maybe be able to get you there? I love all feedback and I love all ideas. Yes. And we do have some materials that by now I probably have about a hundred yards, but it's gambling uh, because our, our, like what we actually meet with the customers and what we try to meet every time is, and what our data tells us is that everybody loves to design your own process. So that's where I'm gambling is like, if I buy this hundred yards and I think it will take off, can I actually do it? And what the data keeps telling us is that everybody loves to design your own option more. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you see any trend when people are designing their own? We're like 90% of the time, they always do this one thing. Is there any way you could like mitigate your risk a little bit in that consistency? Absolutely. And narrow, narrow the amount that they can choose from. So that also mm-hmm. like, if I know this will take off, but it may take off more with a teal zipper versus a wine zipper, I can still order maybe a hundred yards of it. And then, but oh, forgive me. I would only order like 20 swatches instead of 30 swatches so that those 20, I can get to the, it still wouldn't be a hundred yards, but I can order 20 that I know will take off instead of giving them so much variety that it's overwhelming. And again, profit is sinking. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fascinating model. How do you, I know one of your goals is to make part of them being able to do the custom purses, like it's lifestyle, like it fits mm-hmm. in with what they're all about. How do you make that connection? Like, how do you, so people see that and feel that? Well, I get really, I get really fired up and I don't know why, but I get fired up when a woman has a purse that's like, maybe it's name brand, but it's a total dump zone. Like, it's, it's like you've seen this woman on the side where she, you're like, hey, can I have a pen? And she's like, give me a minute, give me a minute. Because she wants to help you. She has the thing, but she can't find it in the dump zone. But it's a great name brand bag. Or they're like, you know what? I've had enough of this dump zone. I'm going for an organized bag. And they buy the notorious, ugly, black nylon purse because they're like, well, it's organized. So I was always like, I want to strike a note right between them where it could still be super stylish. And she felt like she had her own thing going, her own brand. And then, but she also still felt really organized. Like she could meet the demands of all the little ones or the people around her. And so I just seek to strike a note between the two of them. I don't think you have to choose between the two. I think you should get to have both stylish and organized bags. Does cash flow have you down? Profit, not where you think it should be? Maybe it's the long hours. Let's meet to see if I can help. I bridge driving the financial performance of your business to hit growth and success targets. Book a complimentary meeting at meetforgrowth.com to get started now. Once again, that's meetforgrowth.com. I look forward to talking with you. And thanks for listening to the show. But she also still felt really organized. Like she could meet the demands of all the little ones or the people around her. And so I just seek to strike a note between the two of them. I don't think you have to choose between the two. I think you should get to have both stylish and organized bags. Got it. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Slight sh- shift to gears here. Yeah. So you have got this purse brand. What are your other two brands? So my purse brand is vegan leather. It's canvas and uh, a vegan leather and all the finishes. And then during 2020, I launched my leather brand. Um, I grew up farming and ranching. And so I love genuine leather and I love working with hides and stuff. So we introduced that line as well. It's kind of its own collection, but we did separate the websites. 
because one is genuine leather and one is vegan leather. So that's called 1948 leather named after the year my dad was born. And it's the same thing. You get to pick the leather and you get to pick the style, or you can buy from ready to ship things that we've already created. And those leather bags are also organized because in the leather world, that can also be like a dump zone because the focus is on the beautiful hide. I'm like, there's gotta be a way we can keep these organized. So I figured that out. And then my third brand is called The Encourager, and it's a podcast about how I do all this. Similar to the beginning, you know, just the first couple of minutes, I said what I do, and people immediately ask me whether I'm at an art show or I'm going live. They're like, how do you do this? And so I thought, huh, it's not rocket science. I'm not like surviving on four hours of sleep or something. I can, I can just teach people how I do it. And so that's why I started the podcast, so I'd have a landing spot for them to listen, and they could borrow any of the systems that I use for their own sweet family so they can keep pursuing things they want to do. Yeah. So uh, what is vegan leather? You know, I've heard of that, but I don't really know what it means. Faux leather, fake leather. Yeah. (laughs) Does it have the same quality in terms of longevity? Like, what can you share about it? It's a fake leather or a faux leather. It's a vinyl. Okay. Uh, Got it. And so we're really particular in what ours is so it doesn't fall apart. And so a leather purse will last 40 years. That's the lifespan of a leather purse. And a vegan purse that we have is about two years. And then we do guarantee our product. So anything does happen before those two years, we'll fix it up. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you got three brands, Mm -hmm. four kids, a farm, a husband. Mm -hmm. How do you manage? What's a day in the life look like for you? Like, how do you manage your day? (laughs) Well, I joke that we kind of have, like, we definitely have themes for the day. And it's a little bit military for me. Not necessarily for my kids, but I love structure and organization. And I'm not allowed any, well, I mean, I have to assume that there's going to be things that happen in the middle, but for me personally, I like being really disciplined about it. So a regular day is that now all of my children are in school. So everybody goes to school and I hit the ground. I sew in the morning. Cause that's my most, I sew and design. My most creative time is in the morning, like as far as like my brain and stuff. So I can't wait to hit the sewing machine or pull out the fabrics and come up with something new, you know, like a new collection. And then the afternoon, I do all my admin stuff. And so that's when my team knocks on my door, which everyone works in their own home. We were doing this long before it was cool. <laughs> and that's when they're like, hey, Becca, if you're not in your creative brain right now, can you help me problem solve? Or can you, you know, I have to be a leader. But that's that's a day in the life is it's going to involve sewing. It's going to involve writing. It's going to involve leading. And then it's going to involve picking up kids and chores and activities. I'm tired just hearing that. <laughs> I just want to say this to anybody who's listening. He's like, no, I'm not, that's not for me. You guys, I'm totally uh, normal. So there are days when all of that gets thrown out the window. And I just, I also have episodes about what a derailment is. Like when you have an emergency dentist appointment because they, they've got something on their tooth or an abscess or whatever, you're like, okay. But I have little tricks that I've done over the years so that I could keep running everybody. So in that case, I time ridiculously, but this is what you could take away from this. I time everything I do. Not like stopwatch, here I am. But I just notice like, huh, that emergency dentist appointment actually took an hour and a half. And we live out of town. So there's a lot of things that are road time. So then I know like, okay, the next time an emergency health or dentist, it's probably gonna take about an hour and a half. And it just helps your brain relax and not have the overwhelm because you have a data point. You're like, oh, it was an hour and a half. Stop freaking out. Then if it's three hours, you can note that too. Like, okay, that did really take up a long time. But just knowing how long something takes reduces the question, I'll never have time for that. Because you're like, wait, actually, actually I do. Yeah, it's written, going to be written on my tombstone. My husband jokes, he's like, hey, how long did that take? And I can tell him. Because <laughs> it helps me get less overwhelmed if the kid's like, hey, mom, I forgot my laptop and they, we're 15 minutes away from the school. Uh, can you bring it in? Well, I know that's actually gonna take me 45 minutes. 
because I got to check it into the school and then I got to come home. So then I can confidently tell a child, I can make that happen for you today. Or I'm sorry, kiddo, life consequences today. Like I cannot make that happen because I've already timed it before and had the experience. Normally, yes, guys, I'm normal. We make it happen. But there are a few times when I'm like, uh, actually, I know I can't do that in that amount of time. Yeah. It sounds like you're juggling a lot of things there. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like time is, you've really got your time dialed in and and you kind of lay out things. That's awesome. Hey, you know, is there something, you know, is there like a memorable challenge in, in your businesses, something that you've had to deal with as you've come along and you've either defeated it or maybe you've had to pivot because it just was, it was a roadblock. Yes. I love this. I love this question because everybody should avoid it. <laughs> a couple of years back, this was before reach like e-commerce was really big. Like you could still have a website and sell stuff there, but it was 2010. And I had asked my sales reps, which by the way, was like a cousin, a college roommate and my twin sister. So let's just keep it small. I asked them like, okay, how can we make more sales? And they said when they were going to do shows in people's home, this was like when people did Mary Kay, Tupperware, Pamper Chef. Okay. Like, how can we book more of these shows? And they said they needed a catalog. I was like, oh sure. Like a pretty glossy catalog. Then we wouldn't have to just have home shows. You could take it to a place of business and say, Hey, I'm hosting this party, but it's just like a catalog party place your orders here, right? I'm like, that would be fantastic. No problem. I can, I have a very quick, like entrepreneurial brain where I'm like, okay, we just need the catalog. We need the photos. We need the prices on there. We need an order sheet. whoop de doo We got that. So we get it all put together. It, it cost me by the end, 10 grand. By the time I got the graphic designer, the photos, the model shoot, blah, 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 10 grand, get it printed. I'm like, okay, make my little chart about how I'm going to pay off the 10 grand and how much this catalog is going to make in six months. The catalog bombed. It bombed so bad. In fact, I made $602. Out. Out. Definitely remember it. And I remember it because my husband was like, hey, I need you to take a minute and figure out what happened here because we do not want to repeat this. And I was like, oh, you're so nice. Let's figure this out. So what I realized after really thinking about it is that I asked the wrong audience. I asked my employees what they needed or what they thought would work. And I should have asked my customers because I actually knew like within, within minutes of sitting with it and going, I asked the wrong people. I asked the wrong people, well-meaning, but wrong people Right. right, that my customers would have said, I'd love a website. I want to see your stuff. And so I set to making the website and I paid off the website and the mistake within six months, just by like asking the right audience what they needed. So now when we bring up any new idea, any new efficiency, even within my own family or within my brands, it's like, wait, but what problem are we solving? And are we asking the right person? Because while that might be efficient for my graphic designer to do it that way, it doesn't actually equal how it makes the experience better for the customer. They're the ones paying the bill. So unless this makes the customer's experience better, I don't want to play around with it because I learned it the expensive way. <laughs> if you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It doesn't actually equal how it makes the experience better for the customer. They're the ones paying the bill. So unless this makes the customer's experience better, I don't want to play around with it because I learned it the expensive way. <laughs> That's such a cool story, though. You know, we we hear the term avatar or customer profile or, you know, all these terms are always thrown around and you hear them so much, they almost become kind of cliche where you yeah. just like disregard them. But it's such a great example of where like really thinking, breathing, feeling what your customer does, if you connect with them, they're more likely to buy your whatever it is you're selling. I also had this. So this is right along those same lines, asking yeah, your yeah. avatar. I got into a stage where it was it was during 2020. And remember how we all did all these workarounds? Like, okay, well, I'll do, okay, I can't have that. Okay, I'll do this. So I can't do that, right? So I was in this fever pitch of like workarounds and people-pleasing and a customer standing in my booth and she says, I want a brown purse. And I was like, brown, boring. But yeah, I can make that happen. Well, I convinced her of a fabric that had brown in it. But all my brain kept telling me is like, you didn't have brown fabric. And she might have three friends that want brown fabric. So you know what I did? I bought brown fabric from overseas that was way overpriced with tariffs and everything. Got the brown fabric and went, why did I order this? So again, sat within myself. And I'm like, what is going on? Realized I was at a fever pitch and this gal was not my target market. Not my target market at all. So it was just again, like, okay. If I'm trying to problem solve something, am I actually problem solving for my customer, for my ideal customer? Is this just like a one-off who she just randomly wanted a brown purse? I just go back down to asking, what does your ideal customer want and need before you introduce anything? Do you think some of that though also is how you're wired? You yeah. know, you you exhibit a lot of the classic entrepreneurial type of personalities and, and traits. You're you're kind of jump over the cliff and then you'll figure out how to make sure right. the parachute opens. I think yeah. we're, I think a lot of us, I'm wired that way too. So I don't say that in a mean way. So it's like we do things and then we get like halfway into it. Then we're we're thinking our pivot of how we're gonna make it work. Yep. Um, where maybe if we ask those questions up front, yes. it, it could have paid some dividends. Yes. So surround yourself with the critic. If you are like us, I, and my husband is that in a good way. He's like, Hey, what is the new idea you're trying to do? I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, 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 please tell me. And so then I'll tell him and be like, I love it. However, think about this. So like surround yourself with some critics in a good, in a good way, get the friendly one, yeah, but yeah. they're out there. Yeah. That, that filter or voice yeah. of reason, whatever you want to kill it, call it. It's uh, it is a huge kind of, it just gets you to pause for a second. Yes. And that's what yeah. sometimes we need just to pause. That's good. I love that. Hey, I want to shift gear. So you called it a podcast, but isn't you coach moms, mompreneurs, I think is the word. Talk about that a little, like, like where did this, this vision of coaching moms and how to avoid this whole hustle this whole mm -hmm. hustle mentality, like talk about yeah. that a little bit. 
Yeah. So I started with the podcast because people kept saying, how do you do this? And I wanted to show them. <laughs> so I had this podcast and they're like, no, I want more. I want something like tangible rather than just listening. So then I wrote a book on it. I'm like, well, here's my systems in a book. And then they're like, I just really like to receive it specifically for me because here's, so that would be where the coaching is. I'm like, oh, well, tell me about your situation. Let's like walk through this, how to make it right. So then the coaching started. And then also they were like, yeah, but I, I just really want to be able to do a digital course. Like they're like, I just want to watch the video and then implement it for myself. And the other part, I guess, mostly Tyler is I could not meet all of the coaching demands because of all my brands and my family. So I was like, I can't do one-on-one coaching times a hundred because I still really love creating and running my family. So then I thought, what is the best way for me to deliver what my customers want, but still stay fair to my family and to my lifestyle. And so that's where the Academy came. So it's like six hours long. And each one is a lesson on the different systems. But the best part is, is like, again, you may like be listening to me and going, that's not my scenario. I guide them with like, let's talk about your food system, for example. How do you want to make your food? We farm and ranch. So I'm like a big like meat and potatoes. My husband likes meat and meat. So that, you know, that's how we eat, but that may not be your method. So on the worksheets, as you're walking it, I talk about like, here's how to operate a food system. Now answer the questions for your unique situation. That way I could serve a lot of moms and not have to do the one-on-one. I, that's still an option. But this way I could meet more people where they were and they could answer it for themselves. And then if they want to do the one-on-one, they can. It's very cool. And it, mm-hmm. part of this, there's a, you have a five key systems. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. What, what is the five key systems? Can you explain it? Yeah. So the again, I would say this. The reason I started is because I didn't want people to keep saying, you can't do both work and home life. Like you had to be either a really good mom and then somewhat of a good worker or the reverse of that. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. So that's that was my original mission was like, I'm gonna t- I could do both. I'm not great at both all the time, but I could do both. The systems are your me system. That's how to take care of yourself, answering the question, what fills me up? So then we guide you through that. The food system is answering the question, what's for supper? <laughs> because that one rings in our head all day long and it takes up way too mental bandwidth. So we talk about the food system. Then we talk about the family system. Like, have you actually thought through what the legacy is that you're living and what you want to leave behind. Sometimes we don't pause enough to do that. And so I want to talk through that. Then we talk about your work system and that's just answering the who, what, when, where, and why. Like if you're working from home or outside of the home, if you've ever thought about it, have you really thought about that one tiny question? Where do you work? And you're like, oh, well, sometimes it's in my bedroom and sometimes it's on my kitchen counter and sometimes it's here. Oh, does that work for you? And if it does, great, moving on. But maybe isolating it, you're like, actually, it doesn't. It causes me stress. And then the last one is your home system. So like, how do you, when do you do laundry? When do you uh, have family time? What is your family about? Like, is your garage a place of like sanctuary before you enter into the circus? So we talk through the different areas of your home and how to make it efficient for you. Very cool. So it seems like you do a really good job of balancing, you know, a lot of demands, family demands, food demands, business demands, you know, in doing my research for you about you, and I'm kind of hitting you. Uh, out of nowhere on this. So if you can't come up with something, I'll edit it out. But I know you've talked about like having like a joyful balance tips, like Mm -hmm. some type of tips related to having, you know, balance in your life. Is there anything that comes to mind that maybe you could share that's like related to a a joyful balance tip? Oh, I love it. So all the women listening are like, I hate the word balance. I totally get it. So I harmonize the two of them. They just work together, but really it's a play on words, everyone. We just have to get over it. Okay. (laughs) But we do harmonize them. One of the tips that I like to give out is we already talked about it is to time everything. So when, so for example, when someone says like, 
I can't volunteer for cookies at the school. There's no way. I don't know how long that'll take me. I go, or they say, you can work the book fair for six hours. I'm like, "Mm, no, because the cookies take me 13 minutes to put together. This is a little too dialed in, you guys. So just like roll your eyes. 15 minutes to cook, another 15 minutes to get it to the school or with the batches. I'm like 45 minutes in for these cookies or I can volunteer for six hours. So sorry, I love the people that do that. That is not me. But I can sign up for a nine by 13 pan or cookies every single time because I've timed it. So I just really recommend timing things so you're less overwhelmed when you answer questions of like, yes, I can do that or no, I can do that. And the other tip I always say is do not bring your calendar with you or pretend you don't have it. Like if it's already on your phone, just pretend you don't have it. That way, when you're on the spot and someone from the school or an employee or something is like, hey, do you have this available? You've created a natural bubble where you're like, uh, I, do, I don't know. I need to go home and take a look at my calendar and kind of sift through things. You give yourself a little permission and it's not a hard no or an awesome yes yet. It's just like, oh, wait, let me go home and take a look at things so that you're providing a little barrier to be like, you know what? That's actually really draining. And I didn't know how to tell them on the spot. So I need to go home and think about if I actually want to do this or if there's a different way I could participate, but not with the whatever way. So I definitely, I do a lot of coaching on permissions. We don't give ourselves enough permission to take a deep breath or to say no. Like it could be a hard pass, but a gentle yes later. So I coach on that as well. Is your system a time blocking system? Like do you block, or are you doing this all in your head? Or are you blocking when you're calculating the time and then dropping it in blocks? Yeah. Okay. I will say this. It used to be even more dialed in when the kids were at home, but now that the kids are free, I'm like fancy bird free. <laughs> like I have to go back to some blocking here, but my blocking is more like chunks of time and less about from nine to nine 30, I check email and from nine. It's not like that. It's just that my admin time is from one to three and my creating time is from nine to noon. And I may have it broken down in there. Like, okay, during nine o'clock this morning, I'm going to dial in my large cosmetic idea. And then at 10 a.m., I'm going to pick out the new leather for that collection. So I may have like ideas that will happen in that block of time, but it's not so dialed in by minute. You can't do that in my process for creating. It doesn't work. I wish it did because my other brain is like, come on. But my creative brain is like, no, 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 no. I need a little more fluid. I love your tip. And I so need to work on this because it causes stress with my wife occasionally. Yeah. Is I'm the guy that when people say, hey, can you do this? I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. You know, like maybe something on a weekend. And I don't do that buffer. And then my wife will be like, why did you commit to that? Or why didn't you at least run that by right? me? And so that's definitely, I need to I need to take that to heart. That Oh, I need to check my calendar. Or I need to check on what our availability is. I'm a little too quick sometimes to agree to yeah. things that uh, are not ideal. We use this phrase, my kids and I use this phrase a lot, like, oh, love the enthusiasm. <laughs> so you don't like kill them. You're like, oh, I love that enthusiasm. Give me a minute to check so that you can still match them and still be polite, but you're still like, give me a minute to decide if this actually works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, little buffer there. Yep. Hey, uh, one thing I always love to end the show with, is there something that either you're currently reading watching, listening to that maybe you could share with us and something that's not your own that maybe we could feed off of and enjoy too? I am loving anything with John Acuff. I've read all of his books. I trained for uh, half marathons and stuff. So I love listening to his stuff because you laugh so much. I don't know if you ever have, but dang, he's funny. And his current one is all it takes is a goal. And as I reflect on the years of businesses, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I had goals all those years, but not near as dialed in as he has it. 
with still some flexibility. So I really enjoyed All It Takes is a Goal. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I haven't read that one. He is very funny. I'll have to, I'll have to read that one. That sounds good. Yeah. Does cash flow have you down? Profit, not where you think it should be? Maybe it's the long hours. Let's meet to see if I can help. I bridge driving the financial performance of your business to hit growth and success targets. Book a complimentary meeting at meetforgrowth.com to get started now. Once again, that's meetforgrowth.com. I look forward to talking with you. And thanks for listening to the show. And then you have a book of your own, don't you? I do. Yes. What's your book? It's called Equipped to Execute, Guiding Moms to Joyfully Impact Their Family and Businesses. So cool. And then your website, which I'll put this all in the show notes too. Your website is encouragerpodcast.com and then slash academy if people want to check out the academy. So once again, I'll say it, encouragerpodcast.com slash academy. And um, I'll put that in the Think Tyler uh, show notes, thinktyler.com show notes. You know, you're, you're fun to listen to. You're a blast. You've got high energy. You've <laughs> yeah. got a lot of a lot of wisdom to share. So I really have appreciated having this chat with you. Yeah. Well, if you guys love the energy and stuff, listen to the podcast. You're bound to laugh or take away some little tips. There's 250 episodes there. So it's kind of fun. Wow. Do you, do you yeah. publish weekly? Yes. You know what though? Permission. I took a year and a half off. But yes, wow. there's, we do every Monday morning, there's a new episode. Wow, that's awesome. I'm coming up on 127 and it's kind of, actually, I think I'm coming up on 128. And it's, you know, it takes effort to, to yes. just consistently do that. So I have mad respect, 250 plus you took a little time off. That's a long time. I mean, you were even ahead of the curve a little bit because yes. I think, yeah. you know, if you go back three or four years, it's definitely gained speed in the last two, I would oh, say. Oh, for three. sure. Yeah. And it's the best medium. But I always joke that I'm like, I had a podcast before everyone did. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, hey, thank you so much. I hope maybe in the future you can come back on again. I'd love to hear from you again. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Okay. Bye. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.